so I was just driving, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I went to get pizza. Um, I'm going to give you three guesses for the artist that was playing in the pizza restaurant. Ethel Kane. Guess number one. Can I have a hint? No. <laughs> no? No. Can I ask questions? You can ask two questions. Is this an artist that you like that I don't like? Or maybe I don't no. listen to? No. Is this an artist we both like? Sort of. Oh, man. I should have asked that first and asked a follow-up. <laughs> <laughs> um, was it Taylor Swift? I think Taylor no. Swift. Oh, man. And I got one more. No, you got two. You got three guesses. I, I know that was two guesses. I guess Ethel oh. Kane first. I'm, I'm honest. Who was the first guess? Ethel Kane. Oh, I didn't even hear that. You literally said no. No, it's not Ethel Kane. <laughs> no, you said, you said oh. is, it Ethel, is it Taylor Swift? And no, I said but no. Before I asked questions, I said Ethel Kane. You said first guess. Oh, I didn't even hear that. <laughs> anyway. Oh, well, we know it's not Ethel Kane, so I get two more guesses, technically. <laughs> sure. Um, um, mm-hmm. Water parks. No, but that is closer. <gasps> hmm. Um, I'm thinking, I want to say Bad Omens, but I feel like they wouldn't fucking play. There's no way anyone's playing them in like a pizzeria. Um, I'm going to say... Bold of you to think I would recognize No, I know, I know. (laughs) Well, I think you, you'd probably hear it and be like, yeah, this sounds like something Kate would like. You can't see me, but I'm, I'm doing like the telephone like thing up to my face, which doesn't make sense because it's not like you would have called me to say anything. Um... (laughs) Um, it's like water parks. It's not water parks. Think nostalgia. Nostalgia. Nostalgia within that scene. Made a parade. Final guess. No. Was it, it was Pierce the Veil. What song? I don't know. Because I was never a Pierce the Veil girly. I was more of a Sleeping with Sirens person. Oh. And so Pierce the Veil was playing and I was insanely confused in in where were you i was at a pizza place in la on melrose that is so funny um <laughs> that makes no sense but i was just getting work. my i was getting my chicken bacon barbecue pizza slay <laughs> and i had my dr pepper as you should hashtag not spawn yeah no free cloud she had her she had her soda that apparently has a phd and we'll say i had name. my i had my dr pib <laughs> my mr pib Oh my god. Well, this is a fun thing, right? So, we have known each other since 2019. Yes. Wait, before we get into knowing each other, should I do mine? Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of long. Oh, wait, that wasn't mine. That wasn't my thing. Oh, that was just for fun. Oh, okay. Okay, then let's intro ourselves and then. (laughs) I was like, this is a fun way to start it. Oh, I'm here for that. That's so fun. Okay, yeah. Keep talking. Yeah. Cool. (laughs) So. We met in line. Well, we were mutuals online, right? Twitter mutuals. Mm -hmm. And then we met in line at the Grayscale Homecoming show. Wait. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm stupid. I'm sorry. I forgot I have two audio input captures on Steam Labs. And the one that doesn't, the one that I usually refer to wasn't lighting up. But the one that says microphone, this one works in big caps (laughs) is lighting up. And I don't know why that confused me. Keep talking. 
I was like, did that? Did none of that happen? No. Yeah, I. Was, like, I we, we, we don't know each other, dude. Yeah, we don't know each other. I, I was like, did I get something wrong? No, no, no. You're good. I just looked over and I was like, why isn't it lighting up? And then I was like, oh, the one that should be lighting up is lighting up. I'm just dumb. <laughs> I should have processed okay. that before cutting you off. Go ahead. Kate versus technology. Oh, literally. Um. No, but yeah. So we did you you shot the show too, right? Yes. Yeah, you did. I borrowed your lens we, filter. You did borrow my lens, my lens filter. My photography for the rest of time. Wow, I have an impact on you. That's Me crazy. Too. Um, and we're actually in the booklet, right? The booklet. For, for oh, for rich people. For rich people. Yeah, it's, it's either, I think it's the vinyl or the booklet. It might be both. Yeah, but it's their vinyl. Picture, um, <laughs> to self for later to like put this up somewhere if there's a video elements of this i don't fucking know um but to put up the picture because like yeah we're in it and i think if you look in the background actually on barricade you can see Allie. that's crazy i was actually scrolling on my um instagram and i sent this to Allie um because tla the venue where it happened theater yeah. of living arts in philly posted Allie yeah. on their instagram she sent that to me too i think or something around that time that was like it's so insane that all three of us were at that show. And I've thought about that a lot, too, because Allie, um, I don't want to dox her, but where I used to live, she was not local to, but she was nearby. And we had both been to a show of an artist who I'm not going to say. Like, 2015, 2013, it was the same show we went to as kids. That's weird. Oh, wow. When, when, when we would meet each other, like, 600 miles away. That's crazy, isn't it? Um, <laughs> yeah, the industry is very small. And... We've learned that over the years, I think, but it's crazy to like know that like we've met people years, like been in the same place like years before mm -hmm. we start working together. Like I've known and Allie for a while, like since like twenty nineteen, but like to know that like we were at the same show like as kids, weird. Yeah, it's insane. And we also like it's that's kind of why like a scribe started to kind of like circle back, um, is because like this was like such a time in the scene where like everything was very. It was hard to break into, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, you started this because you were the founder, you know? I hopped on, but you are really the person. And yeah. you started this because, like, <laughs> the scene was so... Can I, like, be open about yeah. this? It's <laughs> so funny. So I wanted to work with any publication at the time. And specifically, I wanted to work with Kind of Cool. And I don't think Mary knows this, but Kind of Cool wasn't... <laughs> bringing anybody on at the time <laughs> and i was so annoyed because i had like missed it was like when kind of cool first started i missed like the open call or whatever mm -hmm. um for people and i was like what the hell like that was like the one smaller level i don't want to call them small but at the time they just started right like the, the one mm -hmm. diy mag that was like getting anything like any traction um yeah. and i was like well what the hell am i supposed to do now like all these other like there's there was nobody else like there was literally nobody else and I, Rolling Stone wasn't going to hire me. You know, you had all these other publications, like, all pressed it and want me. Rockstone don't want me. Like, I had <laughs> zero experience except for, like, one house show that, like, the photos were so bad because I didn't know what Shutter Speed did. Um, and, like, I, no one wanted me. And kind of cool, literally had just closed applications. And uh, I was like, well... I will do this myself. And it was like a joke, like in a big Twitter group chat at the time with a bunch of Parksies in it. Um, and I see a Parksies as like a, with like slash love, like 
I was on park sweater at the time and um a bunch of parksies were in it and we were all just buds and I was like let's just like start our own and like we started our own there's a couple people I think actually only TJ uh TJ was in the group chat also and TJ is still on the team one of the few OG people um uh, I think from like the original like first group of people TJ is the only one that's still around which is fine you know that's the goal get people to go off and do their own thing um but we started it up um under a different name and then um things happen over time and over things like the, did happen yeah over the two months we ended up rebranding um and i think august 2019 is when we full launched scribe um like we, we we had like a couple months there where we were like on like a wix site because i was trying to build the site on my own and mm -hmm. like learning things um in order to do that um but i think like we we were founded in March of 2019 we're going on four years but like August I would say is when we became what we are now um because by then I mean how how many months is between March and August that's like five months so like it's five months I'm bad at math um yeah we, we had about we had like almost like six months of like learning experience of how to run and how not to run a magazine it was geared toward younger creatives because I was like 18 19 years old when we started it um but it was also just like anyone at any point having the opportunity like i've met people at shows i met a security guard he's not on the team anymore but i met a security guard at one point at a show down here and he was like i've been doing security my whole life because i love music but i don't know how to get into the industry um and i was like you know you, you say you want to be a concert photographer like hit me up join the team you know like and that's always been like the point just trying to give people a means and a platform but also like we i think learned during the issue cycle of issue one um that like like we already knew there's a lot of like paid journalism but it's, there's a lot more than we thought than you expect um and i think that us being non-paywalled no advertisements on the site at least where we were at the time um gave us a bit more authenticity maybe we'll throw ads on at some point or do more paid stuff but it's always gonna either be donated or go right back into funding our endeavors never gonna go into our pockets and i think that's just about authenticity and shit mm -hmm. especially and when first of all quick shout out to security uh no literally security guards are some of the nicest people i've ever met i also met um at a venue in philly um i also met a security guard who was like i do photo stuff and i love it and i do video stuff and he was asking me all these questions about my camera. And seriously, like, it makes your night. And it takes, like, two seconds to be nice to security and thank them for their yeah. work. And they keep you safe. Especially in our field, like, as photographers in the yeah. scene. Like, people say, like, it's, like, what the artist says goes or it's what the publicist says goes. But it's actually, like, what security says goes. Yeah. If they want you out of that pit, you're out. Because they care about your safety and the safety of your equipment and the artist. And people, mm -hmm. like you're always going to have like now and then and maybe a bad experience with security but that's not an excuse to be a dick to them um, yeah it's really interesting because i've worked at two different venues now right and mm -hmm. so i've worked at like a really small venue in philly and a larger scale one in boston and so the like small difference in like a nice concert goer versus like like a really mean one mm -hmm. are we swearing in this yeah i don't care okay cool of like a nice concert goer versus like a jackass yeah so big like 
I've had, I've had like concert goers like make me cry at shows before because they've been so mean to me. Yeah. Like a lot of the people that work in the industry that work at the venues that work, you know, PR, we're all music fans too. Like we mm-hmm. all come to shows for a safe space. So even if someone is working the show, they're not any less of a person. No, you literally. Know? I've had like bad experiences at shows before, but mm-hmm. I'm never going to like make it an individual's problem. Mm-hmm. I don't get it. Like, what's the point? Like, you're purposely yeah. like ruining your own experience. It's dumb. But um... I agree. I've had a single instance where I have like been like, I can I talk to your manager? And that was because it was five minutes before the main act and I still hadn't gotten my photo pass and I had been there since an hour before doors. I had an so. experience like that. Um, and I think I've told you about this. I'm not going to name drop the venue, but I just won't go to the venue anymore because they were Same. like, your camera is your photo pass. You can come in if you have a camera. And I was like, that is not how that works. Um, <laughs> and they had, someone had like screamed at me, like full on screamed when I answered the photo pit as the set was starting with other photographers. And I had my pass and they had talked to me about my pass and how I get passes. And then I answered the pit and they screamed at me asking where my pass was. And I was like, I'm so confused. Like, did we not just have the same conversation like two minutes ago? But it, I don't know. Some venues are just like a bit more rough around the edges and that's fine. Mm-hmm. You know what you're signing up for when you go to certain venues. But at the same time, like I had, I've never had a good experience at that venue, but I'm never going to make it anyone at that venue's fault. Exactly. You don't know what Literally you're dealing with. Same. Yeah. Like it's not, you don't know Absolutely. how someone's day went, you know, it's why bother? Just don't put yourself mm-hmm. in that situation anymore. Mm-hmm. So a scribe from three years ago, almost, yeah, almost four. So it's been, yeah. like you said, it's 2019, March 2019. It's been almost four years. Yeah. A scribe is going to be entering pre-K soon. I have to enroll it. Um, I haven't been doing any work with it at home. I know. I need to start teaching it, like, numbers and how to count and how to read. That way, it's, like, We're illiterate. Counts. I know. Actually, we are literate because we just released our first issue. We did. Literally. Yeah. I slept so good the past two days after that came out. <laughs> you don't so, have any idea. Like, yeah. that was, oh, my God. I can't even imagine. Do you know what it's like to have an issue done and then you're like, I'm just going to double check it real quick. <laughs> and you open the file and it's completely corrupted. But like, at least you checked it. <laughs> no, thank God. Can you imagine, imagine if I waited? Imagine you didn't check it. Oh my God. And you just waited. Like, I'm that would have been awful. There, I'm so yeah. glad it's out there. I'm really proud of us. We are almost at 600 followers. Maybe by the time this is out on Instagram, we'll get 600 yeah i'm Um, excited like we've been we were talking well you were on the scribe team at the time but back in the day um when a scribe was known under a different name it was around april ish about like a month after being founded we wanted to put out an issue because other smaller indie mags were starting to pop up and they were all releasing issues and i was like we need to get on this and do this but then nothing ever came of that because i didn't know how the hell to go about it um and then you and i started talking like throwing out ideas i'd say around this time maybe february last year but we Mm -hmm. really got into it around like may june um and then we're here now i also think it's interesting (laughs) because you and i had originally talked about like maybe with con being our cover and then with con broke up like that broke me first of all literally i will never be over because (laughs) literally yeah but it's crazy to think that like i need people to understand just how long this issue took that like 
when we were making this issue, Withcon was actively doing things. And by the time the issue came out, they were no longer a band and they had played their, like, their final shows. That's how long this issue took to put I together. To <laughs> we, w- we went through like the, the final quarter of Withcon being a band um, <laughs> during the issue one cycle. And that's how long it took for people to like actually like conceptualize it. Yeah. Like, we're not kidding when we say it took a long time. Our cover, our initial yeah. cover artist idea stopped being art uh, stop being an artist <laughs> they literally said literally, no literally um it's crazy it's out it's done we have our virtual launch party on saturday which is crazy i'm so excited i'm so stoked um i um yeah no it's insane um buy your copy the proceeds from the um zine so we don't make any profits from this magazine mm-hmm. um all of the proceeds are going to saint jude's mm-hmm. um which was chosen by our cover artist boston manor yeah. um and it's such an important charity uh so if you have 20 or so extra bucks to spare yeah. you should buy a copy support small artists like yeah. um the creatives working on this and also maybe you'll find your new favorite band. And if you don't have that money, you can read it for free on yes. our site. Yes, you can. Um, as for like But if the- you do buy a copy, you can um, dress up a little drawn Gerard way. You can. Fun. Oh my God. Fark made those. Um, Francis in the magazine. Um, I thought that was such a fun idea and like really embodies like the core of like a zine. Like, I'm just like DIY. Yeah, like I was talking to Allie about this um, because like, she had written several articles and we were just discussing um the issue once it came out and i wanted it to be like the same feeling as like when you flip through a like like when you were like 12 like, j14 flip, not even j14 but like yeah but like i want the same feeling as like you're 12 you're flipping through like alt press or rock sound or j14 <laughs> like things that like you just are so obsessed about and you're so excited to read about but like it brings you back to that same like happy warm fuzzy feeling that you're excited to read it as an adult except now you know that this is written by people who are excited to write about it not that those people weren't excited to write about it but these are people who are your age right yeah these are young people uh most of us i would say are probably 20 in our 20s Mm -hmm. uh and you know a lot of our voices especially for the issue are non-men yeah which is so incredible lgbt you know people of color that's always been very important that we give a platform to marginalized creatives to work with us but also like marginalized creatives and art creatives and artists to have a platform and like Mm -hmm. either create for the mag or be in the mag which like um another point is that i don't think people really realize like how we go about picking things um to discuss um and one of our like core values like being passionate about what you do and anything that you see us cover is like it's done because someone cares about it or has something to say we're never going to be paid to put something up we're never going to like we assign out work as anyone else does can't buy us yeah but like i'm never gonna (laughs) force you and be like someone paid us ten dollars to write about this so you better write about like no it's like if you want to talk about it here it is we were asked to maybe consider this and it's an option if you want to um so yeah and speaking of like you know the diversity amongst our magazine um we also are like in terms of our music taste you and i are super you know we're not super is this a segue 
Are you segwaying? Oh my god! You look at you. You you remind me of Julian Solomita and the Jen and Julian podcast. (laughs) Did you ever like listen to that? Oh heck yeah! You're pulling a Julian right now. I am. I am. I mean, Julian. What's his? Is he? He's not a. What is he? Is he a? He's not. He's an Aries. He's an Aries. Aries. Okay, you know what? Aries is very close to Pisces in terms of the dates. Mm -hmm. So I'm gonna call it. Okay. So. Yeah, so, but yeah, so I'm, you know, I grew up listening to a lot of pop punk, um, my kind of favorite bands growing up, obviously Paramore, I was a fan of them since I was like nine, um, I was super into like pop punk, with confidence is probably like the perfect, you know, summary of the kind of music I would listen to, uh, but I also really gravitated towards pop my whole life, you know, I'm a Taylor Swift fan through and through, have been since I was five years old, um and so I've always been super into pop music and indie songwriter singer songwriter stuff but you you're you're more what would you call the best way to describe it is that like you're into both pop punk like rock music and pop but like pop's your main thing and like Mm -hmm. rock's like your side and I'm the opposite so like I obviously was like super into pop music and stuff growing up but I got really into like emo I kid you not, I had a Justin Bieber phase that immediately shot into My Chemical Romance, that immediately shot into One Direction of Five Seconds of Summer, that immediately shot back into, like, metalcore. <laughs> like, I was back and forth. Like, I oh have been, like, super into, like, pop and stuff, obviously. But, um, I got super into, like, emo. I was, like, a Pierce Avail Sleeping with Sirens girly. Also, a Ask Alexandria Bring Me the Horizon girly. So, like... Mm-hmm. I didn't really grow out of that. Like, even, like, in high school, like, I listened a bit more to, like, you know, Halsey, who's my main. Um, and then <laughs> I main. Seven, yeah, my main. Like, Taylor, too, was Halsey to me. Yes. Um, yeah. But, um, like, 1975, The Neighborhood. Um, a bit more into, like, the indie pop type stuff. Like, 2014 era is what mm-hmm. I would say that as far as like my pop interest 2014 tumblr yeah 2014 tumblr is about as far as my pop interest ever went like churches palsy things like that mm-hmm. beyond that wasn't really listening to it um and then in probably in, like college or even like late high school i got into like water parks um i was super into like i don't know like state champs all-time low in middle school and high school but i got really into like water parks and like late high school early college we both had our parksy phases it's okay <laughs> i never Yours outgrew mine i'll admit it i never mine. outgrew mine i'm on the parks mine, after dark Twitter. i have his notice much, on <laughs> mine was very much double dare um and um entertainment is that yeah. the one that came after double dare yeah, yeah. Uh, that and then that's kind of where mine faded for me but you're still going strong, and I'm proud of you for that. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, I love water parks. Um, they're very cool dudes, and also their team. I will say has always been in a scribes corner. Um, very awesome people. Their teams over the years have just been dope and really cool to work with. Um, but um, yeah, and then I got into like I was like also like full into screamo. Um, but then I phased into indie, and then in college got more into like pop punk, which is when like a scribe was founded because the pop punk scene was like really thriving online. Um. And Nowadays, really was like where like all of like my concert photography started yeah. i mean i the first show i ever shot um that wasn't like my friends was i got a tei photo class mm-hmm. like pass at warp tour that's awesome. and i got to shoot warp tour oh, twice so because of that um show us the pictures 
Um, I yeah, here if this has any visual elements, here are some of the photos. They were my first photos ever. I got to shoot um who did I shoot? I got to shoot um what I'm linking on the names. Um what year was it? Twenty I wanna say it was twenty eighteen. So like Chase Atlantic, Black Yeah, Parks, I got to movements. shoot Chase Atlantic, um oh, movements. So sick. I got to shoot Everyone that um, Caitlin was like, really trying to shoot 2022, like... Lexi did 2018. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so who led the class? Was it Adam? No, um, Lisa Johnson. Um, Sick. It was kind of insane. Kind <laughs> because of she's taken, that. she's taken like so many iconic photos. Um, and then here was this neat little me with my, um, with my rebel t6 i that i got for hanukkah if you don't mind me asking um yeah were you the youngest there and were you like the only female presenting person i was neither i don't think okay um it was actually a very diverse group that's so Uh, rare to see especially like back then i feel like we were kind of we as a scene were kind of on the cusp into becoming more diverse yeah i'm pretty sure if i remember correctly it was definitely that but like i basically had a photo pass for the day and i just could walk around and Sick. take photos which I would, was unreal I, I would kill for a which is something that i think a lot of other fests should do yo sad summer needs to get on that yeah exactly because like it's such a vital learning experience to I... be able to you know to be able to learn these core like she taught me what ISO was. I didn't have any clue what my ISO was, you know? How does it feel to be the only person to photograph work for that didn't know what ISO was? <laughs> I really am. Um, Someone's going to hate me for that, but that's okay. But um, I I'm know gonna, it now. I went to film school. I was the only person locally at Sad Summer um, this year. Uh, I was mm-hmm. only non-touring photographer in the pit. So I was often the only photographer in the pit. Um, because mm-hmm. either some bands didn't have photographers or the photographer was on the stage and they told me like the venue staff was like if you're the only one we don't care if you do more than first three and I was like I'm not gonna do that I'm gonna stick with what I'm supposed to stick with I'll do first three but I mm-hmm. um I remember John being in the photo pit with me and I was wow there's very few things that will leave me like not starstruck but kind of like stunned briefly because I feel like I've seen a lot over the years and being in the pit with John who's like the whole reason I started concert photography because again I loved water parks and I loved his work um, was kind of surreal and I think that it, Sad Summer is an amazing opportunity to give younger creatives um, a chance to do things especially when there are such few media people um, mm-hmm. locally like there's the room in my opinion there's room for it but um, circling back um, in college um, as I was super into as it is and they were the first show I shot that wasn't a house show like I said I shot one really bad house show that I didn't know what my shutter speed did so all the pictures are blurry um, but I shot as it is and then um, beyond college I kind of stuck with the whole like indie you know pop punk scene and then got more back into metalcore I guess I regressed but I kind of went backwards <laughs> you know, and I was we like, all regressed I was like pop pandemic. punk and now we're going back to indie and then we're going back to metalcore and before that was justin bieber so in in the new year if you see me listening to justin i guess that's what happened i just regressed fully but um yeah i think that um us being involved in those scenes definitely got ascribed to be started um kind of like in like a niche scene 
that like we knew there was space for like a more diverse outlook on journalism but also like we've expanded into other things since then other genres since then which is very exciting to kind of bring that sort of diversity to those scenes too but like you said we do listen to very different things um and one of the ideas we had for this podcast a half hour in was to start or i guess at some point um mention in the episodes like either like a news piece or something cool from different sides of the scene or just really whatever is intriguing to us we could both bring something from pop or pop punk or whatever any part of pop or alt culture um and it's more than likely going to be different because we're on different sides of the scene but just mm -hmm. kind of bring it up to each other and discuss um as kind of like an icebreaker or some some you know structure um, some structure yeah and also like to jazz up the episodes and make them interesting do you want to go first caitlin mine's a bit long that's okay okay have you heard of the apmas yes have you heard of the ap not mas yes i love is it valerie <laughs> it yes, is valerie. valerie so she I is she's awesome i i don't want to call her a content creator or influencer because some people don't want to be called that but she is a prominent um tiktoker i would say mm -hmm. um and also just like figure online that talks about um, valerie if you're listening to this i love all of your jewish content we love valerie it's valerie's ex-voice um on twitter mm -hmm. and then valerie's voice on tiktok but she is a super wonderful voice in discussing diversity in the scene and mm -hmm. like holding people accountable and just being fun and yeah every, every year the past few years she's done the ap not ma's and i love them so much i vote every year <laughs> i i look forward to her releasing the nominees every year and i thought we should go through because we're in this big group chat with a bunch of our friends on twitter Alexi and I, mm -hmm. and I was throwing in like the AP not in his nominations, and only you and I were discussing them. I was but... the only person, but that's because you know what? Some things are for us, but I we didn't discuss everything. So I would yeah. like to, if you want, we discuss. Um, oh my god, can we the give nominees? Our yes, I want to discuss um, the nominees and then yeah. who won. So I we can go into nominees first, and I just want us to discuss who we think should win and why. And then I'll okay. go over who actually won. Is that cool? All right. Yeah, okay. For each thing, like you'll, yeah. Yes. Okay, great. So the first category was Scandal of the Year. Nominee mm -hmm. number one, when, we're, when we were young, Fest Day, one cancellation with no notice. Number two, Local God by Pank at the Disco being a diss track about Ryan Ross. Number three, Ronnie Radke versus Social Repose on TikTok. Number um, four. Are, were they competing for the world's least liked person? <laughs> Did you? Were you keeping up? Hold on. Let me read the rest, and we'll go through each of these. Yeah. Number four, Machine Gun Kelly as a whole. <laughs> the number five, yep. Bob Breyer's Twitter rant and eBay listing. Um. Yeah. Did you know about that? Do you know what that is? I did. Wasn't he, wasn't he listing like a costume from My Chemical Romance? Or yeah, something? it was like his Black Parade costume. Um. So who do you think should have won Scandal of the Year? Personally, now, who do I think made the most noise? The one we were young day one translation yes. that made the most noise um even katie perry acknowledged that i loved that her being like um, mosh here i was part of your scene i was on warp tour in 2008 you're welcome here i love that yeah um but i think that um probably machine gun kelly as a whole because that's who i would have to win it because tell me why this man is doing not one but two different movies that no one asked for <laughs> um with megan fox um, I don't get it. My so that's who I would say. My winner would be Local God being a Brian Ross diss track. 
just because yeah it would be <laughs> my initial thought also is when we were young fest but like you have to think about it like to they had like everything I against see. them right like they yeah. Everyone was against them from the start, thinking it was a scam. Even a lot of bands didn't even remember that they signed on to it because they thought they said <laughs> yes as a joke. Everyone thought it was so, like, best. they easily could have kept running it, knowing it wasn't safe, just to prove a point. Mm -hmm. But they still chose to cancel and lose a bunch of money um, mm -hmm. for the sake of everyone else's safety. Although, can we just talk about how this the one stage Paramore was on was, like, the VIP area was all in front of it. I thought That's... that was kind of weird that's pretty standard for, for many festivals and i think that that threw a lot of people in the scene off because they're really? used yeah for bigger festivals yeah but that threw a lot of people i haven't off. been to a big festival well that's the thing like our scene is used to like warp tour and yeah. i think that i personally understand why they went through this like it's probably people who are used to working on higher end a higher end but like more mainstream festivals and that's how they're set up but also kind of like read the room that's not what these people are used to maybe we shouldn't have gone about it that way you know, I don't think anybody at when we were young fest wanted it that way, like yeah. the attendees. Um, but I, I feel like that was my first instinct too. But like they had like everything against them. Like I don't know what the term is. Like the cards are against you or something. I don't. They know. They were basically like set to fail. They were, and they easily yeah. The cards just... were the deck was stacked against them. exactly. Yeah, the, the cards are stacked against them, and they still chose to pull the plug on day one for the sake of people's safety when they. I don't say they didn't have to do that because yeah, you do, but like they just as easily could have just put it on and put on a shit show just for the sake of not canceling like everyone said they would. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I think Ryan Ross for sure. Yeah. Um, and local God because yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, number two, band slash band member who does the most trademark sign. Mm -hmm. Austin Knight, Spencer Charnas, I believe he's in Ice Nine Kills, um, Gerard Way, Eric Ian, and Frank Ayero. I would probably go with Eric because yeah. he constantly does the most. I'm constantly torn between Eric and Austin. Like when when they're ever in like a like a category like this together, I do think Eric is often doing the most. Um, I don't listen to Heart Attack Man, so I don't know mm -hmm. the the aura of him doing the most if it's like as a bit or if he's just like that. Um, but definitely Austin. That man is he's never changed. I hope he never does. <laughs> He's 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 interesting. He is something else. They just made like another secret um like Instagram account for their new album and I'm like, yeah. Like like we needed like another one of those, like a fourth one. Cool, Austin. Please add me to it. I <laughs> let me see if he accepted my request. Nope. I'm waiting patiently. <laughs> but um yeah, Austin's always doing the most. So definitely Austin. Number three, best Twitter moment. Number one, State Champs crew trying to see who could get onto the Parks update account the most during Sad mm -hmm. Summer Fest. Um, number two, Marianas Trench fans bullying them out of doing NFTs. Number three, Guns getting exposed as a Fox News reporter. Number four, Brendan Neary trending whenever something bad happens. And number five, Cardi B and My Comfort Romance interaction. My choice personally is the State Champs crew trying to get on the parks updates account because i know That's people funny. who were on sad summer fest that were involved in that and that is the funniest <laughs> fucking thing to know that like they were just submitting videos of austin so like we just got a new like picture of jeff source ryan ryan scott graham dm <laughs> dm does like that is so funny to me and so completely out of pocket that that had my vote i love that um i was personally part of the Marianas Trench fans bullying them out of doing NFTs. So I do have that bias. Um, 
So that's probably what I'd go for. But I also definitely would go with Cardi B and My Chemical Romance. Mm -hmm. Um, As a caveat to that, a little side note. Um, (laughs) There was just a video of Cardi B lip syncing (gasps) to Fall Out Boy. I saw um, that. From a New Year's Eve party. And I was like. That was so funny. They don't know each other. Like, yes, Kim Kardashian was in a Fall Out Boy music video. But they don't know each other. I love when the, the scenes cross. When they have no right to. It's Wait, so funny. yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So I would probably go with Marianne's Trench um, because it was successful. So, Fair enough. hey. Number four, weirdest rumor. Um, Gerard Way impersonator fills in for the real Gerard. Uh, human remains found at Austin Knight's house. When we were young, class being a get-rich-quick ploy to cover up Live Nation's Astro World legal fees. Emo Boy by Aisha Erotica being about Mikey Way. And Gerard Way's divorce papers. I personally remember seeing um, the Astro World stuff, and I think it's kind of gross. So that was a rumor because mm-hmm. like those are real people, and like, agreed. Whatever. Um, not whatever. Like that that happened, but like I don't want to get into it. It's annoying that that was a thing that was made up. Um, emo boy being about Mikey Way is so completely out of left field and fucking hilarious to me. And I don't even make me start on Aisha. We gotta have our friend Jacob on here as a guest one day because yeah. he is like an Aisha historian. He loves her to death. Um, so and she, that's she was... actually why I voted for that one um, <laughs> because of Jacob. Because of Jacob, I did vote for that one. It's it's like her lore is crazy, but she basically like left. Like we don't know what she's doing now. Um, and people <laughs> she's are like, having a good life. People have uploaded her music to Spotify and are making money off of it. It's not her, apparently. Um, allegedly, I don't know for certain, but that's the rumor. Um, but mm-hmm. we will never know because we don't know where she is or what she's doing. If Emo Boy was, in fact, about him. But you know what? I hope it was. <laughs> I hope it was. Okay, number That's five. what I would vote for as well. 100%. Number five, most unnecessarily cryptic. Um, Fall Out Boy announcing Fall Out Boy 8. My Chemical Romance Rats video slash Swarm. Uh, Paramore website updates slash Lyric DMs. Hot Mulligan pretending to break up, or Austin Knight in general. I'm going Austin Knight in general. I think MCR would have won when they were doing the sigils back in 2019. I don't think enough happened this year, personally, for them to win in my eyes. Fall Out Boy started announcing more stuff, like, toward the end of the new year, and now mm-hmm. Paramore kind of came out of nowhere. Disagree. You think? I go with Paramore because, A, they make you check a fucking website. This is true. Right? It's not like just being weird on the internet, blah, blah, blah. You have to go back to this website. Did well, you most see of the things on the website were single words. You have to try and figure out what that meant. Not only that, but they sent the news to their fan I was about TikTok. to say that. I was about to mention that. They, they sent it to a fan on TikTok. Yeah. To, to hope it got to person. her. That's crazy. Yeah. but like, That's insane. I'm still going to go with Austin Knight in general just because he is always doing the most i don't think he's doing as much as he was for like the fandom era but Mm -hmm. he didn't really he wasn't very cryptic for the greatest hits era and he's kind of going back to like the whole crypticness um for intellectual property and it made me really happy to see that um and he didn't have to be cryptic because they had a banger album regardless of greatest hits but he's choosing to do it for fun and that's very funny to me and also knowing that um he i don't think he's above sending shit to people's houses and making people check things like that's just how he is so mm-hmm. i that was my vote you would vote for paramore yeah absolutely. that's fair paramore is a very they close were just second dming they were just dming people lyrics and i didn't get one which i was offended honestly how dare they at hilly williams how dare you uh <laughs> as if she knows who i am but 
Yeah, so that was definitely where my vote would lie. That's completely valid. That's a very close second to me. And it was just because they sent that girl um, mm-hmm. the lyrics. But I feel like I'm just not in, as in the Paramore fandom, so it didn't really impact me, which is why I didn't vote. Which is crazy, that. because the news is so good, and so is This Is Why. I'm happy they're back. Don't get me wrong. White Boy of the Month of the Year. Number one, Colin mm-hmm. Walsh. Number two, Austin Knight. Number three, Maddie Healy. Number four, Ryan Scott Graham. Number five, Chris, Chris Motionless. I personally am toured between mm-hmm. Ryan and Chris because they're both really wonderful people and really sweet. Um, and Chris is very active in like making sure like his fans have good experiences. Um, mm-hmm. And then Ryan, like I said, is just he's hilarious. He's also very active and very supportive of like photographers and journalists in the community, see, which I love to see. Yeah, I took this in a different way. I took this as who had their like little revival moment mm-hmm. where they were like really the center in the moment. Maddie. <laughs> Maddie Healy had that. He, and I'm not he a Maddie really Healy. Did. Like, Maddie Healy and I have beef, but that's fine. But, like, he doesn't know it. <laughs> I, I was never a Maddie girly. I was a George Daniel girly who's dating <laughs> Charlie XCX, apparently, but that's a whole different conversation. Crazy. I actually quote tweeted this and I said, Haley Williams is the white boy of the month of the year, and that got a lot of traction. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, Taylor. Uh, but <laughs> if not, if not Haley Williams, then Maddie Healy, because he really had his wiper of the monthification that's fair uh, i'm pretty sure i voted for ryan but it really is a toss-up i think between maddie ryan mm-hmm. and chris i i'd be content with any of them personally um so the seventh category most obscure merch item this was hilarious blink 182 yeah. and a sombrero mexican a sombrero mexican restaurant shirt mcr's boys own magazine shirt which i almost bought both times i saw them but i don't trust myself mm-hmm. to wear white and not get hair dye on it um, Station light up wand, ice nine kills shower curtain, spirit box vape pen, or hot mulligan gallon of milk. <laughs> All right, here's my process of thought. Right, the first two are automatically out of there. They're shirts. Who yeah. cares? Right, the light, the light up wand. That's like a thing in the K-pop community, so that's not something crazy. crazy. Right. All right. Mm-hmm. Now we're going down to logistics. <laughs> How do you send a gallon of milk? And have it not spoil. I, I feel that like, is I, one. I expect a gallon of milk from like Heart Attack Man, not Hot Mulligan, which yeah. is why I was so stunned. I didn't know they did that, but I was taken aback. I think that's the that's the first. I voted for that. Yeah, that's the first category I sent our group chat. I was like, a gallon of milk, Hot Mulligan, salt, what? what? <laughs> so that's I was I was moved by that. So a gallon of milk. That yeah, that's my vote. Okay. Number eight, tour incident of the year. Brendan Urie not realizing his stage was on fire. Gerard Way bringing a flamethrower on stage. Parksy's allegedly um, being intimate in the Sad Summer Fest pit. Don Bracco show cancellation due to a piss flood at the venue. Or bands mm-hmm. getting profanity fines at Sad Summer Fest Asbury Park. I voted for um, Asbury Park because, like, that's bold of Asbury Park. Um, and I think that's absolutely hilarious. Um, I think I voted for Don Bro- Bracco because... Bronco? Broco. I think. Bronco. I think there's a typo. I think so. Um, but because I didn't want to give Park season another win. <laughs> because what? Um, Austin wins all of these, like, a landslide every year. I, I know, because... Slash positive parties, um, they're everywhere. They are. So, um, that was my 
that was my vote. Fair enough. Also, I feel like you don't hear about Don Broco a lot. So for them to pop mm-hmm. up in here, I was like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, though I love how technically speaking, Parks Outside Summerfest is nominated within this category twice. Um, number nine, band member who could genuinely win the Hunger Games. Otto would yeah. seen Queen, Spencer from Ice Nine Kills, Eric from Heart Attack Man, or Andy from Fall Out Boy. I have to go with Otto from Water Parks. I don't really him. He's, he he's is a twig. Resource- he seems resourceful. But he also- is a twig. Scene queen. I could snap him. I I feel like scene queen. Like, uh, I don't know. I I trust her. I voted for scene queen because I think if you give her a machete, she could literally take them all out. I think if we gave Eric from Heart Attack Man a gun, <laughs> like, she wouldn't know what to do with it. Yeah, that's fair. I I I am torn between the two, but I can mm-hmm. see what you mean. Like, if we give scene queen any weapon, like she will be unstoppable. Yeah. Most twenty fourteen Tumblr moment category ten. Dan Howell being mm-hmm. at a My Chemical Romance show. Maddie Healy kissing fans. Hey Chris reading the Peaky Master Doc. Anthony Green calling Frank Iero baby boy. Or the Ali Sykes meowing video. I gotta go with Maddie Healy kissing fans. That is 2014 Agreed. Tumblr. Nothing Agreed. else here is 2014 Tumblr. You're, Except you're, for Dan Howell at My Chemical I, I would argue that's more 2013. Okay. Semantics. Okay. <laughs> Maddie Healy kissing fans is something he did in 2014, yeah. so I voted for that. And also, that should be me. Good things should happen to other people. Literally fanfic moments. <laughs> Number 11, Best Yard with Torfit. Also, just want to say the date of MCR that I photographed was not nominated within this category, Valerie. I'm kind of upset. Just Personal kidding. Attack. But also, feel personally targeted here. <laughs> um, <laughs> the cheerleader outfit, Joan of Arc, Jackie Kennedy, Nurse, Nurse Fratched. I don't know what that mm-hmm. says. Um, and then Old Gerard at When We Were Young Fest. I personally voted for Joan of Arc. I thought that was iconic. I went for Old Gerard because I thought I liked that it was like a narrative because wasn't, I don't remember, wasn't one of the band members yeah. like, not in any other makeup because they died in a music video or something? Yeah, they died in a music video in that era. Yeah, I believe like, it was Mikey. That was, yeah, that was like commitment to the bit. It That's really why was. I voted for that one. I think, honestly, any of Gerard's fits. I really liked the one he wore in Mexico City. Mm-hmm. That was iconic. But any of them, really. I mean, mm-hmm. I think it's really cool that he chose to do all of those. And his stylist is amazing. Power move of the year, number 12. The return of Paramore. MCR dropping a new song out of nowhere. Scene Queen as a whole. Roger Cly, is that how you say his name? Cly? And his email to so. covers. And then the Brimming the Horizon Ed Sheeran collab. Scene Queen as a whole, easily. No questions about it. Valid. I agree. I think that's a good one. Um, I think I voted for Paramore just because, you know, they have me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think um, Paramore was definitely a shock. But also, like, mm-hmm. Scene Queen, like, I love when anyone disrupts a genre, but especially women mm-hmm. disrupting a genre and making it their own. You'll mm-hmm. love to see it. So, so I voted for Scene Queen. Next, uh, local slash small slash unsigned band that deserves the world, excluding artists who are signed to more known labels because we want to give love and attention to small unsigned artists. Those who dream, mm. Honey Revenge, Arrows in Action, Chase Petra, Hot Milk. I have to go with Honey Revenge. I mean, they were in our issue. So. They were in our issue. But they're also just really amazing. They're really, really sweet people. Um, have always been very kind and also very talented and deserve mm-hmm. a lot of success. I think I voted for Hot Milk. Hot Milk's a really good choice. They've deserved way more hype than they've ever gotten. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Number 14. This I have One commentary. Of these is you. <laughs> I have commentary for this because I witnessed it. 
So, mm-hmm. number one, real, in quotes. Alt fans versus Eddie Munson stands. No Sebastian Pierce social relationship drama. Fan that claimed they were pregnant with Austinite's baby. Pierce the Veil fans leaving before I prevail. And crowd surfing is assault discourse. What what was your vote before I say mine? Um, I did vote for crowd surfing is assault discourse because I was like, I have never read um, a take that was that out there. But I also think that um, fans claiming that they were pregnant with Austin Knight's baby is a contender. I voted for Noah Sebastian just because I witnessed that happening in real time, right? So, like, mm-hmm. what happened was, like, this fan somewhat i didn't i only saw the tail end i didn't see like the actual core of what's being discussed but apparently someone was like i'm dating so and so and i met him at not so and so Noah. i i'm dating noah and i met him at like a bar and like the guy at the bar said that like noah has a girlfriend whatever it was this whole thing that was like someone said that noah had a girlfriend and this girlfriend was this girl from twitter um and then it got so out of fucking hand that their tour manager, Matt, who does like their mixing also, had to get involved and was like, actually, we were doing karaoke at a country bar until 2 a.m. And then we had press call. <laughs> I have never seen like fan discourse reach the band, let alone the band's crew have to get involved. And the it was very much like, an actually, Ellen, that's not true moment. It, that's, it literally was that. And he's, that's amazing. He's like one of the best tms and mixers in the scene right now in my opinion he works with a lot of great bands but he is very much he embodies that um mm-hmm. what's her name the girl that said that I'm, I'm blanking on her name from 50 shades who said that to ellen dakota johnson yeah he embodies that dakota johnson hater energy um and i was i i only saw the drama because he got involved and i was like what the fuck happened that you had to get this dude involved and be like actually that didn't happen we were doing karaoke all night wild Mm. i feel like a lot of this drama didn't even reach the bands none of this drama except for that reached the bands except for that one Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm like maybe the bands know about it but they never tell you and let on because that just brings more attention to it so for it to be that bad that was that's hilarious like that they had to be like actually no that's I think that was the winner for me if he hadn't done that I probably would have voted for the Pierce the Veil fans leaving mm-hmm. but yeah next one lifetime achievement award honorary member of the scene Taylor Swift was not nominated because she won last year Katy Perry, Dolly Parton, James Wilson Taylor, who is a journalist for Rock Sound, and uh, Kelly Clarkson, Trisha Paytas. My vote so personally was I actually Katie. had a write-in vote. Oh. My write-in vote was for Doja Cat. Yes. Um, because um, A, of her like pop, pop rock remix to Say So. That was amazing. Which was incredible. Um, and then also her cover of Celebrity Skin by Hole amazing for a taco bell commercial which <laughs> speaking of taco bell meet me at the altars new song is in a taco bell commercial love that kind of insane but so taco bell wait didn't taco friendly. bell also have like a turnstile song and, and... yeah so they're pop punk allies they like give bands food all the time taco yeah. bell is an honorary right in on its own yeah but like if not that then i'd probably go with either kelly from her, her early days or dolly parton because she has tattoos um, and she embodies pop punk because she's a badass. No. I initially voted James. I want to vote James because he is such a backbone, I think, to 
in the pop punk scene, like a lot of the iconic interviews. Um, mm-hmm. And he's a very positive journalist, like a, he's a good force, I think, to have uh, in journalism. And I initially voted him, but then I switched it to Katy Perry because of her reaction to the When We Were Young Fest stuff. But I mm-hmm. wish I had voted for James. I am officially recounting, or what is that the word? Recanting? Rescinding? <laughs> I'm taking back my vote for Katy and I'm giving it to James retroactively, <laughs> is what I'm trying to say. I think he deserves it. Um, 16, the next thing to plague our scene in 2023, um, and a new disease outbreak at a water park show. Green Day makes a hyperpop album, The Summer of Like 2.0. <laughs> discourse about bigger fans is going to go to shows more than tiktok or tiktokers a tumblr renaissance more warped or knockoffs my vote for this was um discourse about bigger fans does it go to shows because mm. that's already happening so i think tumblr renaissance has already happened mm-hmm. um so my vote went to a new disease outbreak at a park show <laughs> because first you had lice at a park show right dude my my show in orlando someone puked everywhere. i didn't mean to say you had lice but like no no i know what you mean but like my show yeah. in orlando i thought like oh like this stuff happening at park shows was a bit but no someone puked everywhere also someone projectile vomited into the photo pit at the show last year and it was as the band was going on so we had to like walk around the puke until security could like put sand on top of it i hate that anyway <laughs> but uh yeah no that's fair that's that's a fair choice. I do think the Tumblr Renaissance has already happened, and that mm-hmm. you know I wouldn't put it past a water park show. I feel like that's the that's well, that's what's next. Mm-hmm. So the winners, and I don't agree with a lot of these, but you know this is the yeah. the collective um, scandal of the year when we were young fast. Mm-hmm. Um, but remember who constantly does the most? Austin Knight, best Twitter moment, Brandon Urie trending whenever something bad happens, weirdest rumor, uh, human remains at Austin Knight's house. Most yeah. unnecessarily cryptic, Austin Night in general. What player of the month of the year? Austin Night. Uh, most obscure merch item was Hot Mulligan's Milk. Tour incident of the year was the park seas in the Sad Summerfest pit. Uh, band member most likely to win the Hunger Games was Otto Wood. Most 2014 Sambler moment was Dan is on a fire at the MCR concert. Best Gerard Way fit was his cheerleader costume. Time of the, of the year was MCR dropping. A song out of nowhere. Uh, Local slash small slash unsigned band that deserves the world was Hot Milk. Weirdest fan drama was people claiming they were Austin Knight's baby mothers. Um, Lifetime Achievement Award was Dolly Parton. Next thing to play or scene was a plague at a water park show. Yeah, that checks out. Can't wait for next year's. Can't wait to see what happens. Can't this wait. If, like, you need, um, if you need a judging panel for please um, any reason, if you need a tiebreak... Um, we were happy to do it. Put us in, Valerie. Put us in, Coach. Put us in, Coach. I look forward to these every year. This is my year in review. This is my wrap. Yeah, this is your Spotify wrap. What was the thing that you brought to the table for us? So, I actually have two things, not uh-huh. at all related. Um, one of them I just saw, and I think it's really important. Did you ever watch the Nickelodeon movie Rags? I did. Yeah, with Kiki Palmer and Max Schneider. Yes, and I just have to say, Disney released uh, their own version of that movie at the same time, and I don't even remember what it was called because the version with Kiki Palmer was better. Yeah. Um, Well, they just reunited at a fashion show. Oh, my God. And Kiki gave Max the biggest hug. Um, And I just think that's really important for our souls. Yes. Uh, 
because this is the we're in the Kiki Palmer Renaissance, and it's so it's about so well deserved. It's about time we are. Um, so that was my little fun tidbit. But my actual news. Um, so I was scrolling on TikTok. I want to say about a month ago. Um, and suddenly my entire TikTok page becomes of these videos um, of Lucy Vegas, Phoebe Rogers, and Julian Baker standing on a street corner posing for photos um and so they are um replicating a nirvana photo shoot um and people are suspecting that boy genius is getting back together for another ep maybe a whole album maybe a tour but this makes my heart very happy for Um, your sake i hope they do yeah because I've seen them all individually, right? I photographed two-thirds of them. Um, I just haven't gotten to photograph Phoebe yet. Um, but, like, how amazing would that be? I think More, it's what deserve. Like, not even what we, what I deserve. Like, that's what the world deserves is more sad gay music. Yeah, and honestly, the three of them kind of lead that genre anyway. So I think that we a lot do. of the people I don't listen I've never listened to Boy Genius, but I have listened to I think all of them individually. And I think that you have a lot of people who have only listened to them individually that don't know Boy Genius exists, whose worlds mm-hmm. would be rocked if we got music from them. Totally. Also, it gives a whole like I know like there are fans probably of Phoebe Bridgers who have never heard Lucy Dacus or Julian Baker. Yes. Um, even though they have this collab and even though they're such great friends and they tour together, you know? So I want that to open back up to everyone. Plus, like, Phoebe is really having another moment this year of her kind of melding genres. Um, Like, she flawlessly integrated into Ghost in the Machine on SZA's album. Have you heard that? Mm -mm. I have not listened to SZA's album at all. Okay. You, yes, you have to listen to SZA's album, um, but that song in particular, I think you would really enjoy, hmm. uh, because it literally like is, I can't, I can't, there are no words. It's like life changing, uh, because SZA is a cr- incredible on it, but then Phoebe like totally breaks it down and takes it in this whole different direction. And it's not like a track I would typically think Phoebe is going to kill this, but she does. I'm here for it. I will have to check it out. Add it to my list of many, many things I need to listen to. So there's this thing that everyone should know about Caitlyn. Everyone should know this about Caitlyn. If you give Caitlyn a song recommendation, even if you've thought about it for a while and you're like, this is a song that I know Caitlyn would love, or an album that I know Caitlyn would love, at most it'll take her, at least I'll say, it'll take her about three months to listen to it. (laughs) Maybe. How long was I getting you? Was I begging you to listen to Preacher's Daughter? Oh God, probably since it came out. Yeah, and I want and that was about, in the summer. I want to talk about our albums of the year too, like the scribes. And I want I'll get back into this, but I think that had I actually listened to you, um, and listened to it sooner, it would have been higher up in the magazines. Yeah. Thing, because I would have voted. Ethel came, my beloved. Um, let me, I I spoke about this in the editorial piece I wrote on Bad Omens. I just had to pull it up. Um, I said that most would think I have an ever-changing music taste. Um, artists new in season like shifting out of my Spotify rotation because I 
head a music magazine you think i listen to new music constantly but that's not true um lexi you described it when i wrote this in october as moving laterally across pop punk and hyper pop and that i'm yeah. loyal to what i like um yeah which is true it's very very mm -hmm. hard to get me to listen to new things um and then my best friend Lynn's, I refer to her in this article too, saying that like she it was pulling teeth for her to get me to listen to like Deftones, Teenage Rest, Loathe, Boston Manor, who was our cover artist, I was not listening to. Like for the mm -hmm. longest time. She tried for like, And for years. context, um Caitlin and I have this app. First of all, you listened to So Good 15 times yesterday or this week. I think that's amazing. So good. Um Healthy? by the brats. Oh. <laughs> My Halsey? No, Bratz. Uh, <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> but your top song last time I checked was by Teenage Dress. Yeah. I don't know which song it was. It was probably like... Wait, how can you check on Airbuds? Um, I don't know. It just it just says, like, you're on repeat this week. Oh, mine? Uh, oh, well, it was probably Yellow Belly, because it just updated, and it changed to... Um, it changed to So Good. Well, it changed to actually Eyes of a Goddess. I just barely like listened to it just a couple more times, and So Good by Bratz. <laughs> But, so embarrassing. but um my point being that like lens like people who like we work with now like i just shot loath we haven't worked with deftones but i'd love to i like it, i'm familiar the guys in teenage know me like boston manor was our cover artist and i she, i was not actually listening to them for a long time nope like i am not a stanny of any of these bands by any means which is fine you know like you like like you don't but like people have like been like we know you would like this like please just listen to them like i didn't when we <laughs> i may cut this out i may not when we got um boston manor as our cover artist i had just found out they released an album like the week before <laughs> because i had given up on trying to get me to listen to it because i liked like three songs by them but like with bad women she had been trying since like july to get me into them and she finally got me to in October. Like, it takes a while. Um, but that being Although said, there was one time where I was like, this Annie DeRusso song would kill you. And then you listened to it and you were like, yeah, it did. And then you listened to the wrong one. And then I had to listen to it again. And you were like, yeah, this one also killed me. <laughs> I, 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 we love Annie, though. It's not hard. Yeah, we do. Annie. Annie DeRusso, I am her, like, advocate. Yeah. But, yeah, so... Where were you we? are just... You were talking about albums of the year. Oh, yeah. Um, well, we were talking about Ethel Kane before that. I don't know yeah. why we're talking about Ethel, but... Because, um... I don't know. Because we were talking about how hard it is to get you to listen to music. Yeah, like, best of luck. I mean, listen to anything. Um, when y'all send stuff to the magazine, just putting that out there. Literally, like, <laughs> what will Caitlin listen to? Brack soundtrack. Bad Omens. Um... Now you'll you'll listen to Aisha Erotica. Um, you'll listen to a song called Myrtle Beach. Um. <laughs> yeah, if y'all ever want me to, if you ever listen, how do you sign things out? Is that like I know what our contributors like. So when I see something come through, I'll be like, Hey, do you want to cover this? I knew you like this, or I know you would like this, because I'll I'll listen to a little bit of it, but I don't listen mm -hmm. full to every single thing. Because if I did, I would not have time to have a job. Um, <laughs> so we get tons of things every day yeah. but like if you ever want me to listen to something please just put like attention caitlin or for lexi attention lexi and we'll listen put but something like, like really like, funky <laughs> catching but like if you really if you really 
if you really want me to listen to it, just be like, for fans of Bratz. Like, for, like, for fans. <laughs> for like, fans of 2008 <laughs> Kelly Clarkson. So our albums of the year, for people who don't know, our methodology is pretty simple. In October, we open up a form, two separate forms, one of our contributors and then one publicly. And people can submit anything they want as many times as they want that they think should be picked. Um, and then we close those forms at the end of October. And then beginning of November, we um, will send out a form to our internal team, like all contributors and staff, basically having them rank the picks. We pick um, what ends up being there based on like, you know, what was nominated the most amount of times, um, what was like most successful in radio, what was most successful within the scene, what stayed relevant, what didn't really fall off for lack of a better term. Um, and like even things that weren't necessarily nominated that like we throw in that like I know our team likes this or I know that like this had an impact on the scene things like that um so that's how we narrow down the nominations and then we all vote and then those votes are averaged out um using math some good old algebra um and then just put in average placements and then we come up with our honorable mentions using the same like method like anything that was nominated that maybe didn't get picked um as well as, you know, we'll get, like, year-in-review considerations from labels and publicists and things like that. Um, we can do math. I know, it's crazy. May had to help me out first. She had to give me a couple <laughs> years ago. And then I figured out that I was just making it harder on myself. I really just need to be adding numbers and dividing them. Um, yeah. <laughs> but we'll do basically that. And then for honorable mentions, um, we'll just pull also, like, people that, like, we know that maybe something came out a bit too late to be considered or it's a bit too early in the year and was kind of forgotten about we'll throw that kind of stuff in there um mm-hmm. artists can appear in only one of the lists this is like a newer rule that we i think put in last year um because years before it was like um it was so if we like released an album at the end of the year and yeah. she would be like number one album and song and it's like exactly it's like we want to give other people I as much as I would love to give Taylor Swift every award ever in the world, um, you want to expand. It was Taylor and Olivia that made us yeah. do that because they were dominating both categories and we were like, this can't, this not fair, you know? But that being <clears> said, um, you can be an honorable mention in the category that you're not picked in. You can't be an honorable mention in the category you are picked in. Mm-hmm. Um, I think last year Taylor Swift was, if I remember correctly, um, which again, isn't necessarily fair. Like, yeah, she released multiple albums, but we have a million other artists that deserve coverage. Um, mm-hmm. Especially when it comes to our end of the year picks, just based on what ends up being nominated, a lot of smaller bands don't really get in there, um, which is fine. You know, we're not going to pad it with stuff that we, you know, didn't nominate or vote for, you know, but it's mm-hmm. going to go based on what people put in and what contributors want. Um, so the honorable mentions are a good way of putting in people that maybe didn't get the hype that we thought they deserved. I gotta tell you, there was one album that didn't get its flowers in either of our lists that I was a little sad about. What was it? Surrender by Maggie Rogers. I have never listened to that album. That album is incredible. Um, did you nominate it? And I think, I don't know if I did, but I should have. Um, so maybe I can only blame myself, but that was, I think, should be, should have been an honorable mention because it was literally her, like, master's dissertation. Let's go through the For graduating from Harvard. 
excuse me she's crazy she's like actually crazy talented (laughs) she is and i love her but that is like it's oh god it was just so good let's go through the albums and we can discuss that in the honorable mentions so number 10 scene queen in bilcore the ep yes Um, she changed rock music i'm not being like joking i think she genuinely shifted the scene in a way that's been needed to be done for a long long time Mm -hmm. metalcore um and rock and like that genre embracing femininity it takes itself way too seriously and it's Mm -hmm. very very masculine so she was a very welcome a welcome addition i think exactly Um, everything she does is so fun you know i love pink panther like that song is so good she's so tongue-in-cheek and she doesn't give a fuck and i love it you know mm-hmm. and she's also for anybody who like followed her on tiktok for years before this like she's a fan of the scene she's not someone who just came in and started making music like she's been following specifically hopeless records who she signed to like for a long 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 time both as a fan and as like a business person um so it's nice to see someone who has seen like the lack of diversity in the scene be the one to change it if that makes sense mm-hmm. um number nine which i will say now probably i could do the math i probably would have made this probably my number two album of the year which would have boosted mm-hmm. up i think to number five for the magazine um based on its other placements and averaging it out preacher's daughter by Ethel King. it deserved it, it didn't deserve number, it didn't deserve number nine yeah so i introduced this album to you but my friend emily introduced this album to me um and so she like i have to say i actually went to see ethel kane and i but at this point i wasn't as into the album because i like was more of a casual listener um which i regret so much because god if i could have gone there and known like every word yeah i it would have been transcendent you know mm-hmm. and so but so i went and it was literally a cult meeting <laughs> Like, in the best way possible, like, slash pause. Yeah. Like, it was literally, like, it was so amazing. And multiple times during the set, she would, like, come down from uh, the stage and, like, stand at the barricade and sing and, like, hold the crowd. And it was, like, ethereal, really. It was incredible. Um, But, yeah, so then... I got really into the album, and then I was like, Caitlin, you need to listen to this, you need to listen to this. And then you got into the album, and now we're both depressed. (laughs) I listened to it for the first time. Well, here's the thing. So, and this will tie into our number eight pick. But I saw Bad Omens in November, and there was a song playing in, like, the Changeover playlist. And I was like, what is that song? Like, that TikTok that's like, what is that melody? It was like, I was like, what is that? And then um, the band posted, I believe it was noah on the band account posted a link to spotify to his account that has changeover playlist and then i was looking through and i was like maybe i can find this song on here and it was american teenager by ethel kane and i was like oh i need to tell lexi <laughs> so i told lexi and lexi was like you need to listen to the rest of the album and i did not know what i was getting into because i played it on like a tuesday afternoon at work sitting at my desk like for my day job and then it, it <laughs> messed me up i was texting anyone who hasn't heard this album i need you just to listen to the no, song talabaya no yeah. that would that would like turn people off because they'd be like what is this um but it's a concept album that is like so incredibly done because the artist hayden she wants to um 
basically make this like she initially wanted to make like a film out of it but then was like what i do is music so she made an album but yeah it's a banger album and i think it is her better and it was snubbed in our own list by you but yeah honestly i think if i had i i would have made that my number two and speaking of my, my number one album of the year was was art number eight pick the death of peace of mind by bad omens if i had never heard this album if all came would have been my number one this year because i didn't hear many albums that i liked this year um i just don't think it was a big year for albums everyone a lot of people like were releasing one-off songs which is fine um but this album i think is insane metalcore like we said earlier is such a it's a it's, everything sounds the same sometimes like it's a very male dominated space where there's not much room for experimentation no one wants to see the genre change at all it's always mm. like we've wanted it to be screamo for 10 years and it's going to stay screamo for the next 10 years and you're not allowed to make any changes and we're going to bash women in all of our songs and we're going to it's formulaic you know but i like this album a lot because it was like they took a, a genre that they were in and they made it in such a way that incorporated like the weekend in like the 1975 as like influences mm. um while still sticking to what the genre is um but in, in like the not negative way you know like there's no there's no misogyny in their lyrics there never is there never has been which is amazing to see it's very rare mm -hmm. but um very very good lyricism very very good self-production also may i add um, i love when artists do that yeah, it's all self-produced. I think I saw a video that, like the death of peace of mind was like initially made by sampling things around the house. It's just it's it's a good and that, album. That that self-production goes back to our number four as well. Yes. But we'll get to that later. But yeah, this was a banger album. Um and I think if I'd never heard it, Ethel Kane would have been my number one pick. And if I never heard a uh, Preacher's Daughter, I would have had no album of the year. But <laughs> banger album, go listen both of them uh number seven holy fuck by Demi lovato um this was not an entry i put in but retroactively i do think it should be here um uh, having yeah i agree i haven't listened to this album i'll be honest but i will say solely with the song 29 like first of all that is such an incredible song and i'm so glad that they got to release that for their healing journey but like that's definitely a song that i think a lot of people in the scene they need it. needed because a lot of now people in the scene have gone through that experience yeah i think um demi will always be a member of our scene absolutely um and it it was nice to see demi return to the music that they've always seemed to like making most it seems like this is the album they needed to make if that makes sense mm -hmm. not like they need to make this because we want it but they need to make it for themselves for themselves um number six Fear, Fuck Everything and Run by Stan Atlantic. Incredible. First of all, great acronym. Um, that's incredible. Um, I saw this tour, and this tour was sick. I didn't go to the one with With Khan, but I went to the one with Set It Off. And it was actually... It was my last Philly show, and it was the night before my graduation, and I photographed it, and then I left. That's a slay. It was great. But this album... It's so good. At their best. They never miss ever. They're they so don't good. like seriously. Like they really keep improving, and that's something that I'm really impressed by. Because so many bands, you know, will have 
they'll hit their streak and then they'll kind of fade out a little bit. But Santa Monica have yet to do that. And I think that that's what's really exciting about it. They have consistently been snubbed by the scene. They deserve to be way better Actually, than they are. Yeah. Um, five Sauce Five, speaking of albums by bands that never miss, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Banger. Um, I have so I fell myself, off. That's good. I fell off. Um, but then I went to their show to review Pale Waves for a scribe. And and it was really good. And there was a track called Blender that hadn't mm-hmm. been released yet that I was obsessed with. So I think like this that is why this album deserves to be here. Our friend Kirsten, also on the mag, can definitely talk for ages about why this album deserves to be here. Jay, but it's oh definitely like a five sauce renaissance it's it is it's the band also like i think they were unsigned not unsigned but like had left a label who mm-hmm. from what i understand they didn't have the best relationship with mm-hmm. um and it's them that it's a lot more independent in every sense of it, it could possibly be so it's a banger muna um self-titled do you want to talk about that one number four yes oh my god i will talk about this album forever um so i've been a really big fan of muna for a while um and their last album, Saves the World, was their was their last album with a major record label. And so then they were kind of searching for a home for a second. Um, and they got signed to Phoebe Bridger's label, Satisfactory, um, which I think was the best thing that could have ever happened to them because they were able to find their voices um, again and sing the songs that they wanted to sing. Um, and one thing that this album really does, in my opinion, is... It celebrates not only queer sadness, but queer joy. And yes, Moon is very sad and Phoebe is very sad, but also like Silk Chiffon is such an endlessly happy song where all of the, like, it's just so filled with joy that it's it's cathartic in a way. Um, So, and it's also, like I said, the self-produced by Naomi McPherson who is amazing. Um, and Muna puts on such an incredible live show. Um, I think I showed you their song Runners High and you loved mm-hmm. that one. I did. That song is so fun. Oh my God. I think this so, is a big year for bands leaving labels and just taking charge of what they want. I agree. Yeah. So um, that Muna is definitely like one of my top albums of the year because it was just so freaking incredible. But I'm happy that everyone at the mag also agreed because yeah, yes. <laughs> Number two, um, being funny in a foreign language by the 1975. Um, not my favorite 1975 album. I am a 1975 snob, as many people probably know by now. But um, I do think that I have explained my gripes with this album to you a million yeah. times. Um, and I will elaborate on this further. And it's it's such a it's like a. Uh, it's like a grievance that I think only I understand because mm-hmm. I don't know how to explain it. But it's not a bad album. Um, notes on a conditional form set the bar incredibly low, in my opinion, that I think <laughs> anything was better than that. But I do like that it's we finally have a sonically cohesive album from them that's not a million years long. Um, and it's nice to see them take on another genre. And just give one a try for once instead of try mm-hmm. to try like fi- try to do like fifteen million at once on an album, and it all kind of feeling kind of lackluster or half-assed for lack of a better term. Mm-hmm. Um, I can tell that they put a lot of effort into this one. It, it sounds like 
this is the this is the album that notes should have been if that makes sense this is a lot of sense this is the direction that like after um a brief inquiry this seems like the most sense to move into not notes so i think that they've probably been sitting on this for a while um and it's not my favorite by them but it's the album that should have been released several years ago yeah Number two, Midnight's. You want to talk Other about Jack Antonoff produced record, mm-hmm. um, Midnight's. So what I think, I don't know if a lot of people know this, but basically during the making of Midnight's, Taylor Swift's partner and Jack Antonoff's partner were across the country, or across the world, filming a movie together. Um, and so Taylor and Jack were like in New York and they were like, spending their nights together in the studio making this album and i think it's like i've always been a fan of jack um and i think that here um who wrote who wrote our um our thing for midnights i did you did i did calling it tongue-in-cheek is like perfect it is i think it's like it's such a fun album where like they don't take themselves too seriously yeah uh yeah, so like it it's such an album that has such like fun highs, but also some really like intricate lows in terms of like the mood. Mm-hmm. Um because I everyone I know like literally cried or gasped or had their jaw dropped during the bridge of your on your own kid. Yeah. I <laughs> yeah. experienced that. That was like <laughs> that was an insane experience. Um my thing with Jack, and I go back and forth on him, as you know. Mm-hmm. I think the way I explained this before was that, like, Jack sells his production a bit better on here than he does on um, um, being funny in a foreign language. Mm-hmm. This album, like, Jack's work on here feels more like Taylor mm-hmm. um, and less like Jack. Um, mm-hmm. And that's been my gripe with his work in the past few years is that like artistic integrity still feeling like that artist had anything to do with the record when he works on it but i think him and taylor mesh really well together and they always create something like really really brilliant that like i don't think i'll ever have any complaints about his work with taylor Mm -hmm. because my favorite work of his and my favorite work of taylor's is the stuff that they've done together I think that Can you name a specific that's your favorite? 1989. Yeah. I think that like such like a moment that I would probably we could do a whole episode on them, honestly, but like a moment that I think is really quintessential Taylor and Jack is have you seen the video of like behind the scenes of the making of Getaway Car? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They they yeah. have the, they have the same mind. Yeah. Where they literally are like impressed by themselves and they flawlessly break out one of the best bridges they are one of, of the, the best, best songs they're one of the best artistic partnerships we've seen in a long time i agree i agree because there really aren't a lot of modern artistic partnerships like that mm-hmm. that happen other the only ones that i would really say would probably be like baby bridgers and marshall Vore, yeah. but they're obviously lesser known more indie i would say the only other one that probably exists is like maddie and george in 1975 mm-hmm. but even then they're very disconnected it's very much george writes an instrumental and Maddie writes over it, whereas Taylor and Jack are together. They're very intertwined. Um, I want to make clear also, like I don't hate Jack Antonoff. 
Um, I feel like no. sometimes I come across yeah. as, like a bitch talking about him. But this is someone who like I was a fan of him. I was a fan of Bleachers. I really love his stuff with Lord with Lana. Um, but I think that I think that I think it's because I think it might be because for you. Uh, tell me if I'm wrong, but they touched like your magnum opus of the 1975, but didn't do exactly what you wanted because you felt like they kind of partially instead I, of instead of walking that balance, you think it was a little more Jack than it was. The yeah, I I heard the demos for what like um I I keep almost saying brief inquiry. I keep, I've heard the demos for what being funny in a foreign language was originally. Mm-hmm. And I think I think George Daniels the best producer of our era ever. Like his stuff with the 1975 Charlie, Biba Doobie, Pale Waves. <clears throat> it, mm-hmm. He he has his signature sound, but he's so versatile. And I think that that gets lost on this album. And I think that it's also a genre problem. And it's not Jack's fault, but he is like the biggest producer right now. And all of these artists are wanting to make the same sound because that's what fans want and that's what's popular. Mm-hmm. So Jack's making a lot of the same music. Um, but I would say that like songs like Oh Caroline, that is like peak 1975. No, it is 100%. Like I'm not I'm not discrediting that. Um, mm-hmm. I just think that as a whole, it sounds like everything else Jack has worked on lately, but that's not Jack's fault. That is the mm-hmm. fault of what people have made popular, what people mm-hmm. want to hear, what does well. Um, and I don't know. I think it's just a matter of not everything needs to sound the same, but at the same time, labels want things to sound certain ways to be successful. And there are certain producers who can get that sound across really well because it's what they do well, you know? So it's not Jack's fault. I think it's an industry problem as a whole of everything just starts to sound similar. It's that I will always know it's a Jack Anstoff project when I hear the horns. No, one hundred percent. The horns and the drums are the two things that give it away, and the in like such a great way. Like, what song was it? Uh, I was listening to Red Taylor's version, and um, Forever Winter, and I was like, that is a Jack Antonoff song if I have ever heard one, um, and it is. And I just think like it's so. I just love what he does with his like. Because he always he's he always brings his entire team from record to record, mm-hmm. and I think that that's such a great thing to have. It is a team of people that like these people all started off like touring in bleachers and doing like these small shows, and now they're on like Taylor Swift records. Like that's crazy. He's a producer who cares about every single step of the process. Understands that like he cannot be like catch-all guy like he has to have a team but he respects his team mm-hmm. you know i think that's really rare um i don't want to get lost in the trenches on this though because we do have <laughs> i could talk about jack anton for hours we need a whole episode on him but our no. number one was harry's house i've still not listened to this album which i know is blasphemous but you know what it's it's everyone's i still think that his first album was the best album but i, I do really like this album um so the name inspiration comes from I think it was Hasano House, mm-hmm. um, which was the name of an album that he really liked when he was, I think he found it when he was in Japan. Um, and I think that like, it is such a fun album, but it's also like a very mature, it's a more mature album where he realizes, you know, he can have fun. He doesn't have to say everything mm-hmm. and spell it out for people because we're in like such an era of like, this song is about this person and this song is about this person. 
Um, and like during the song Grape Juice, he says like 1982. And I know everyone was looking up what year Olivia Wilde was born. And it was not 1982. But they all were like, what if? Yeah. But like, this is like, it's kind of just him telling these stories. Songs like Little Freak are really like, it was a grower for me. Mm-hmm. I think this album, the songs that initially really caught me were Cinema um, and Satellite. Satellite's really good. Satellite is so good. And Cinema is so fun. Uh, and I think these songs are honestly better live because he brings out like a whole like horn section and it's so fun. We had um, some honorable mentions. We always do 10 every year in no particular order. Um, and I want to give them some time to shine as well. The majority of these were just ones that either came out too late or too early, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, the first one being Dark Sun by Dayseeker. Also, I think it's probably, well, this might be my third album of the year. Banger album. Um, Spiritual Ascension by Sheree Moore. We love them. This was an amazing record. Okay. It was their first album because um, they, they had a longer EP like last year or the year before. But this was amazing. Uh, Detour. That's not how you say that. Detura by Boston Manor. Um, banger album also. Uh, Sucker Punch by Maggie Lindenman. I love her. She's such a fun like voice in the scene. A lot more mm-hmm. tongue-in-cheek kind of fun pop punk. She reminds me a lot of Scene Queen, but a bit harder. Um, yeah. Laurel Hall by Mitski. Uh, Kings of the New Age by State Champs. Uh, My Favorite Blue Jeans by Dwayne. End of an Era by Loveless. Blue Water Road by Kalani and uh, Dance Fever by Florence and the Machine. Another album that I think deserved it to make it on this list, but the same name is a different one on this list. Mm-hmm. Sucker Punch by Chloe Moriando. Yeah. No one nominated Chloe. But honestly, but, like, yeah. she deserves it. Like, that album was so good. Like, I'm not even that big into, like, the hyper-pop kind of stuff, but this was so, like, fun- and it was very like Y2K. Like she has a Britney Spears sample. Um, and it's um, it's just so fun. I don't know. In her song Pop Star, she literally samples Britney Spears. Like that's iconic. Very fun music. Was she fun to see live? She was so fun. Um, I saw her twice this year, actually. I saw her open for MXM Tune, which was more of an acoustic moment. But this time was so much more fun uh, watching her on her uh, headlining tour because it was like such like a group that was there for Chloe. And so it was like, mm-hmm. it was really fun. She's really good life because she just like knows, she knows what she's doing. Our songs of the year are a bit diverse, a bit more poppy too, which I'm excited about. Um, mm-hmm. Our number 10, This Is Why by Paramore. Should have been will, higher. I will say... I don't like this song. I don't uh, particularly like this era of Paramore, but I think part of this is Have you is heard why... the news? Yeah, I don't like it either. But I think that part of this new era of Paramore is then acknowledging that like you don't have to like it, which I think is very important. Um, but I'm just not a fan. It may, it may grow on me, but at that same time, like I have shifted more into metalcore lately, so I think anything mm-hmm. is going to take a little bit longer to grow on me because it's just not what I'm uh... listening to right now. Loved it. Um, I think it was the intro of it was so cool. It was very 60s surfer rock. Um, and so that was really fun for me. Um, but like, it just, I think they're like really at the point 
after laughter was, you know, accepting sadness. Mm-hmm. But like, this is kind of like the after, after laughter, you know, where it's like, okay, after you've been sad, now what? Yeah. Now you are in your era where you're like, you don't give a fuck. And that's exactly what they're doing. No, I'm here for it. Uh, number and nine, I love it. Number nine is Minnesota is a place that exists by Glaive. You got um, me into this one. I think Glaive is such an interesting per, like performer in the scene right now. I think that you have people like Eric DOA and like 100 Gex and stuff who like are at like the core of Hyperpop. But Glaze had this really neat intersection where he was at the core of Hyperpop, but he's also like in like the alt scene too. Um, and I think he's very talented. He's only 17, which is crazy. Like he's mm-hmm. a genius as far as production goes. Um, he's worked with Break-Ins a lot too, who's, who's also like at that intersection of alt and Hyperpop. But I love this song a lot. Um... I think it's really good. It's really fun live too. Um, I saw him in when was it? November. But I had two dates I could have gone to. I only went to one. But um his his shows are just so fun. And this song is really fun. And yeah, I don't know. I don't think he's ever released a bad song. And I'm excited for the album. I think that might be coming this year from what I've heard. Um but yeah, this is a good one. It's a bit more hyper pop and glitchcore than the stuff he's I like it recently. I like I like the switch up. Yeah. It like switches halfway to be more hyper pop. Yeah. And I like that. No, it's it's so good. Um number eight is Betty Get Money by Young Gravy. This banger. album. Bet banger. It was just banger. so fun and like he is very tongue in cheek. Um I went to his show and the amount of moms that were literally barricaded, iconic. Like, they were literally, like, embracing the MILF core. Um, yeah, he's awesome. I think everything he releases is so fun. Um, and he knows his place, and he works it. And I'm here for yeah. it. No, really. He said, I know my brand. Number seven is Charlie XCX and Rina Sawayama. So- is that how you say her last name? Yeah. Uh, Beg for you, which is, like, the collab of the century, if you ask me. Absolutely. Like, they, like, Charlie really had, like, all the main alt pop girlies um on this album like she had um she had um christine and the queens caroline polachek um i think she had caroline polachek right i think maybe can you verify that before i keep talking yes hold on um yes she did oh you you found it yeah (laughs) um yeah, but this album, but Rena is really having a moment that I think she's been deserving for a while. Uh, speaking of, this hell should have been somewhere on our list, but it wasn't. Um, so that was another flop on my end. Um, but yeah, I think that this song was just so amazing. Um, our next one is Touch Tank by Quinny, which is, I think, my favorite like viral song of the year. Agreed. They did break up, which makes me so, they so did. sad. But Exactly. Banger song. I love how Fark uh, explained did, it, saying that- That was the best thing I've ever read. Yeah. It's about trusting another person with your mind, body, soul, but mostly body. Mm-hmm. I thought it was amazing. Um, and then number five is Glimpse of Us by GOG, which is sad, but it's a banger. <laughs> <laughs> as as most GOG songs are. Do you listen to GOG? I don't know if you do. Don't. I love him. I think he's great. Um- yeah, I have no complaints about this song. 
And mm-hmm. then number four was Cherry Thrill by Movements, which is just... I need to listen to the song. These I've heard such good things. Movements is... This sad. is the rare occasion of Kate hearing a song and not... Movements is like... They're your quintessential sad pop punk band. But like this song, when it came out, everyone was like, what is this? Movements, you released a sexy song? What is this? I feel like this is Diamonds by Grayscale, but if it actually worked. <laughs> this is amazing this is such a good song i this is one of my top songs of the year without a doubt um it's it's not it's very refreshing to see movements who's so known for being sad for multiple albums make just a song about loving on someone i love it because Uh, seneca cried what did you say seneca made me cry oh it still makes me cry you kidding me yeah um number three mcr's first release in like a decade the foundations of dk First of all, the lyrics are insane. MCR will always be the one band that calls out shit whenever they see it, right? Mm-hmm. Like, um, it's just amazing. I love, um, I, I'm going to pull up the fucking chorus because I don't care. Um, but seeing this live twice was an, a spiritual experience. Like, honestly, it was amazing. But the, there is the verse that says, um, if by his own hand his spirit flies, check his body as a relic to be canonized, so he gets to die a saint, but she'll always be a whore. Which I think is so good. MCR is always called out, like, the like the difference between how men and women are treated in society, but also within the scene. And to know that they have a whole song that touches on that, um, and just how, you know, shit's gonna happen. Are you ready for shit to go down? And are you ready for how society's gonna take that? Um, I think that is just so perfectly fitting for their first song back. I don't know if you listened to it or not, but if you haven't, it's like six yeah, minutes so. long. But it's incredible. I love them. Number two, About the End Time by Lizzo. Uh, banger. I don't listen to Lizzo very often, but this song is amazing. Served, like, all of its flowers. Um, I actually, this is another instance where I can say I was a hipster. Because I've been listening to Lizzo since Phone and Coconut Water and all that. Um, and to see her get all this critical acclaim and not have it be something that's just there for like a year and then go away is so awesome. Especially because she is so accepted, advocating really, not even just accepting, but advocating for women of color, for plus size women, for like women who came from nothing. Like, she's really just really an inspiration. No, 100%. She's she's definitely, like, what pop music needs right now, especially in such an era where, like, um, I mean, body, like, standards and beauty standards are always changing, but it's nice to know that we have someone who is the epitome of, like, what the opposite of beauty standards are. Usually, mm-hmm. like, historically speaking, just on, like, the front lines of pop music being, like, I am what I am and I love what I am and everyone else loves what I am so I don't give a fuck if you do or don't like she said it's bad butcher clock it's thick 30 I think she said that she either said that or dick 30 but like either works <laughs> she's she's the best and then um our number one which is my song of the yeah year. it's thick 30 okay that's such a good <laughs> it up. yeah okay our number one <laughs> our number one is so good by Halsey um not by Bratz no surprisingly um, but hey, if it were 2005, it'd be different. Um, this song is, I mean, the story behind this song is just so amazing. 
um, like, knowing that she had this, like, one who got away. Um, and she wrote a sad song about him. And then she was able to add a happy verse at the end of it all, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, which is, it's it's just nice to know that she got to make a sad song happy. Um, start a family with him. And he directed the music video. It's an amazing music video. It's, like, looking back at, like, her life on the Hopeless Fountain Kingdom tour. When they first oh, got wow. to know each other. Um, they're a great couple. I don't really follow celebrity couples, but um, it's it's good to see one like them. Um, it's a great song. Um, this song has just so much... It's done so much personal damage to me. <laughs> it hurts. I remember when it came out, what I was doing, where I was. Um, and it was a wake-up call that I needed. It was what I needed to hear. She's always really, like, released very relatable music, in my opinion, but this was the song I needed when she released it. Um, mm-hmm. And for that reason, it was my number one, and I was very happy to see it was the magazine's number one as well. Mm-hmm. Do you have any thoughts on it? I don't think you really listen to Halsey. I don't I, I don't listen to Halsey. That's um, I listened to them back in middle school, um, but I fell off after Badlands. Fair enough. Um, but then we had uh, 10 runner-ups, as always. Mm-hmm. Um our honorable mentions for songs of the year. Sabotage. I was really glad that we got Elizabeth McAlpine. We did. We did. Um, so our first one was Thousand Below, Sabotage. Banger song. It just came out too late um, to be included in our list. Um, mm-hmm. And then Lizzie McAlpine's Singlings. She's very, very talented. She's That was such insane. a big plot twist on that song. Like, yeah. damn. Um, and then we have Fuck About It by Waterparks and Black Bear um very interesting unexpected collaboration but i think you know mm-hmm. it was a fun one um then we had bad omens just pretend my personal thoughts on the band aside um they are the only band that was from a list that made it into an honorable mention this year just because this song made them blow up like by two three million spotify listeners in less than a month um yeah, they have topped like the serious xm octane channel for like months because of like this one song and this song was written as a joke um noah was not taking the song seriously he just wanted to write like a very much like this is what a radio rock song sounds like he wanted, <laughs> he wanted it to be successful out of spite um and clearly it was that and it was what a radio song sounds like no literally and it was apparently that successful um but that's why that's on here because i think that if we're looking at like the songs this year that define the scene i think we would be doing a disservice to the rock scene to ignore like the most mainstream rock song of the year i agree um even if it didn't necessarily place on our lists overall um then we had edging with blink 182 their first song with tom in many years which is cool and then taylor eric acorn psycho we love taylor she's amazing um and then animal by paris paris finally came back arctic monkeys came back we have i ain't quite where i think i am Mm-hmm. And then Say It To My Face by Meet Me At The Altar, who we yeah. love early. And the First Class by Jack commercial Harlow. Commercial song. Yes, the talking about commercial song. And then um, First Class by Jack Harlow, just because that was all over um, the place. And who doesn't love a good Fergie sample? Yeah. Cool. I think that I'm really excited to see what Meet Me At The Altar does next, because I think that there are voices. Mm-hmm. This is like, I think that Meet Me At The Altar should be considered Scribecore. Because... Oh, because... They are literally like, we didn't see the representation we wanted, so we made it. No, literally. And They're amazing. They're going on tour soon. I think we've found culture and some other bands. Um, yeah. I will be going to that. 
I think that they're amazing. I saw them once in 2021, October 2021. Um, they were one of the first sets I shot. Um, I don't want. I don't want to say post-pandemic because that's not exactly the right term. But when music started back up, um, and they put on such a good show, they also were one of the main performers at TwitchCon. I think Meg The Stallion was headlining, and maybe yeah. Walter and Kim Petras opened, which was such an interesting that. choice. But I was like, this is amazing to see them like such a predominantly white, straight male scene as someone mm -hmm. who is like does Twitch as well, like. It's very hard for anyone who is not that exact type of person to be successful over there. So to see them and Megan and Kim, but mostly meet me at the altar. Um, yeah. No, I saw meet me at the altar yeah. open for Muna. Um, and Muna's other opener was Justin McRae, who also is an incredible musician. Um, and they, they had all non-male people on their bill. Um, and all with members who were non-white. I think mm -hmm. that that's great. No, I yeah. think They're... it's like, I just can't say enough good things about that tour. Yeah, I know literally this, I mean, Meet Me Up Dalton is amazing. I think that they are the face of what the scene's turning into and there's no better. Pick. It's like reclaiming the scene in yeah. a way, you know? Yeah, no, no, there's no better pick. Like I, it, when you look at like, who's the face of the scene right now, if someone were to say Meet Me, meet me at the Altar, I'd be perfectly happy with that. I me feel too. I feel like the scene's in in good hands with them. It's like they're like the freshman the like freshman class, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's all I have. Um, well, that's so. Yeah, how <laughs> do we end this? I don't know. <laughs> we we talked uh, about so much. We talked about a lot today. We talked about um, we talked about um, AP not a maze. Mm -hmm. We talked about our albums and songs of the years. We talked about. Um, Oh, we talked about the like core founding of a scribe. I feel like that was, we did a lot. We did. I think this is a very good intro into what these will be. I think we'll have more like structure. This is just meant to be like an intro episode, people to get to know who we are and like talk about like the year in review for a scribe and how a scribe came to be. Mm -hmm. But we'll have more structure, more ideas. Obviously, going to stick to like the whole, you know, here's two things from the scene and let's discuss them aspect. Mm -hmm. But overall topics i'd love to do an episode on jack um i'd love that oh my cool. god i yes um, <laughs> what if we did oh my god i have a, such a good idea yes. um and uh, one where we rank like we do basically a um what's it called uh where you have two albums go up against each other and then <gasps> the winner moves oh, on yeah, 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 like a bracket that yeah a racket um a bracket that's the a word bracket. a bracket I said a bracket, a bracket <laughs> of all the Jack, the Jack Antonoff produced albums. That would be really fun. Yeah, remind yeah. me of that. I will make it. <laughs> I'm down. I'm gonna put that in our in our note. We have a yes, a note of ideas. Let's say Jack Antonoff bracket. Okay, cool. So that'll happen eventually. We need to brainstorm <laughs> ideas, but we just want to get this out there. So it seems like fun. I wanted to have. Well, a thank you. Like, if anyone, if anyone is listening, uh, thank you for yeah. that. If you made um, it through the two hours, it was rambling about shit. Yeah, I'm and sure also like, did. I'm sure Allie did. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like Allie, and then Jake's gonna like fall asleep listening to it. Yeah, Wait, Allie, uh, Jay, at, at, like, Kirsten. Kirsten. <laughs> 
Yeah, but yeah, Scribe has been like such a literally a fundamental part of like it's weird, but like my life so far, <laughs> like the past like three years. No, literally, it's crazy. Like we've we've done a lot of cool 